On episode 87 of the new 8 Days a Geek podcast, Genesis Mini, Google Stadia, and Deadwood gets a date. Stay tuned. Episode of the new Eight Days a Geek podcast. I'm your host Jesse Miller, and joining me, as always, the man who Sean Scott. I like that one. <laughs> Nothing to complain about. I thought you would. <laughs> I thought you would. All right, let's go ahead and uh, kick into it in this uh, extra early morning edition of the new Eight Days a Geek podcast. So I'm sure Sean will be filled with filled with vim and vigor and energy and. Like party horns and confetti and shit like that. So, oh yeah, it's already started off so great. <laughs> you have a real good I'm, attitude. Really I'm in a real good mood. <laughs> Sean's in a very happy place. All right. Uh, so with the blurbs, uh, we talk about No Man's Sky a lot. So I didn't want to put this in the actual gaming section because I know I'd drone I'd drone on about it. But No Man's Sky is going to be getting an update, on another one. Uh, but this one's actually super interesting, super cool to me. Because it adds on a VR element. So now you can explore the infinite cosmos in VR, which is going to be pretty damn cool. Uh, no Man's Sky is a beautiful game. I believe that its art style and textures and things like that in general gameplay will lend itself very well to VR. Uh, it's supposed to be... Um, let's see here. I don't think we have a solid release date but it will be playstation vr and steam vr so both you playstation users and vive users um and oculus i guess because if they can do steam uh we'll be able to use it uh this will be really cool when the generation of <clears throat> wireless vr headsets kind of start coming about because i mean Room scale, walking around, ducking, moving around things, and then being able to uh, fly spaceships, do cars. It's just, it's going to be really interesting. Um, I will, I, I will warn people if you haven't played a spaceship VR game, maybe you know, ease into that one because I played Elite Dangerous in VR and darn near threw my cookies all over the wall because it's a lot of motion. So. All right, and next one, there was a uh, <clears throat> kind of little, I don't know what you'd call it, I guess a prank going around on Twitter, Um, and it's basically people were saying, if you changed your birthday to 2007, which was the year that Twitter launched, you'd be able to unlock a special color scheme that you could use, and due to the... Uh, naivete of you know everybody on twitter people started doing it people research things before you just take people other people's words for it because 
if you do that, you're now less than 13 years old, and Twitter will kick you out. So a lot of people did this. A lot of people changed their birthday and ended up, you know, boom. They were they were too young. They couldn't be on Twitter anymore. And Twitter had to go through and unlock accounts and things like that. So it's it, kind of funny. It is kind of it is kind of funny because it's like why just no, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> Things like this. Do you think Twitter actually would have had a bug like this hanging around and just forgot to fix it? Come on. Anyway, do research before you take a jump like that. All right. Gaming. So, on to gaming. We talked about in our last episode the uh, Google announcement and what it could mean. Well, Google announced things, and they called it Stadia. The future of gaming is not a box. (laughs) The name is a little weird, um, but it's not, you know, not horrible. It's just... I wanted a box. You didn't want a box. Nobody wants a box, Sean. I want a box. No. I like a box. I like this idea quite a bit if it works. Okay. So the idea is, I'm looking at Google's website here using their bullet points. Game where you want, when you want. So we're talking about your phone, your tablet, your computer, your TV screen. Whatever you want, if it can get to a web browser, basically, you can game on it. And we're talking AAA titles, 4K resolution, 60 frames per second, with no input lag, apparently. that That's later. Um, so you could be grinding, you know, whatever RPG you want to play on your phone in a coffee shop, and then go home, pick it up, and play the actual missions on your TV, if you want, or something like that. That is incredibly interesting to me. I cannot wait to see if this works i use um a service from nvidia that's sort of kind of beta testing uh it's geforce now and it is basically the same thing it streams AAA titles at high resolution over the internet to whatever device you're using um i used it originally to game on my macbook pro it was okay at that but recently, I have been using it to play on my uh, Microsoft Surface Pro, and it is pretty fantastic, to be completely honest. Like, I was playing Far Cry New Dawn, and it looked great on hotel Wi-Fi, you know? So, streaming services like this do exist, so there is a precedent. Google just wants to make them more ubiquitous more be- you know more um, compatible with other devices because G- you know things like GeForce now you have to have an app to do it Google's kind of wanting to take that part of it away um, <clears throat> one of the interesting things they did show is if you're watching a YouTube video of someone playing a game you're one button click away from playing the game so you could just hit a button and you're in the game you're playing it um, that was kind of interesting uh, like I said they did say up to 4k HDR at 60 frames per second, which is, wow, that would be amazing. Now, they do say that's based on your internet connection quality. Um, I forget where I found the blurb at, but uh, one of the marketing uh, folks at Google actually said that 
with some internet connections, you're going to be able to have like uh, 20, 25 megabits per second would be able to get you um, 1080p at 60 frames per second with absolutely no lag. And then they said that they plan on bringing 4K HDR at 60 frames per second for 30 uh, megabits per second instead. That's not a huge jump for that big of a uh, resolution change. So that could play. That could be you know game changing. Pardon the pun. Um, so no updates, no downloads. You jump right into the game. Everything's streaming. It's all on their servers. They keep the game updated. You know that that's cool because damn it, I I got uh, what was it Red Dead Redemption two, and then had to sit there and wait for an hour for a download for an update to download on day one. You know, I am I personally am tired of buying gaming boxes. I want a service like this so bad because I just and I I don't mind having a box, but it needs to be like super cheap and almost to the point of being disposable because I'm tired of buying two, three, four hundred dollar game consoles. Um, Sean, you don't you don't buy the newest game console all the time, so you don't really have this pain. But is this something you would be interested in? I mean, I guess it kind of depends on, the, like you said, that you, they said that it would be, you know, AAA games or whatever it was. Um, <clears throat> I mean, if this was titles that are also available to me, you know, uh, on the classic console that I'm playing at the time, you know, if, obviously right now it'd be an Xbox. You know, if these are like, you know, if the next Elder Scrolls is available, you know, on this it, to play this type of service – it would be something I would consider, but I mean, just sitting here, listening to you describe it, like, I'm just thinking like, okay, so if this thing were implemented tomorrow, you know, uh, what would I need right now to play it here at my house, you know, uh, on my television? Well, you said I need to be able to connect to a web browser of some kind, you know, I don't have a smart TV or anything. So I'm assuming that I'm going to have to connect through my laptop or my PC or something like that. So, Essentially, it'd be the same thing as having something like Steam right now, wouldn't it? And then when it comes, and then and if I have, if I if I do connect through this, you know, piece of junk laptop that I use every week, uh, you know, what uh, what controller do you use? You know, um, well, can I can I use my Xbox controller to game with? Uh, you know, because I'm not a PC gamer. I'm not using keyboards and mouse. <laughs> that is not going to happen. Um, the newer Xbox controllers, and I say newer, but really, truly, most Xbox One controllers have Bluetooth built in. So if your computer has Bluetooth, yes, you can use it to game on your computer. Um, this comes more to the fact of making it so a low-powered device can play a AAA title. For instance, that little laptop of yours would burst into flames if you tried to play... Um, <laughs> I don't know, Far Cry 5 I'm sure. on ultra settings, 4K HDR at 60 frames per second. It would, I'm sure you couldn't even you would, install it on yeah, this computer. You would open up an, uh, like a portal to hell. Right. <laughs> it, just, it would be on fire like Satan's asshole. It would be crazy. So that basically means that this opens up AAA gaming to a bunch of people that don't that can't afford or don't want to buy boxes, be it a PC or a game console, really, because 
you know, you can go and being that it's a browser, this also opens the door and Google has a controller that they're selling that you can buy for this if you want. It they say any controller will work, but mm-hmm. they say, hey, we have a controller too. <clears throat> and it doesn't look bad. It looks it's very heavily modeled on an Xbox One controller. So well, it might let be me, okay, so let me ask you this. If all I need is a web browser, like, well, there's a web browser on my Xbox One. Uh-huh. Like, can I just connect to it through the Xbox One's web browser? Like, is you know, will it work that way? I don't know. Um, they haven't really said what the requirements are for the browser. I mean, the web browser on the Xbox One is garbage. Yeah, but... so I, I wouldn't. I, I don't think I would suggest that. <laughs> but it, you know, doesn't mean you couldn't. I will find out. I'm sure. But um, no. But if you if you think about it, though. When it comes to just needing basically web access and, you know, web browser and this kind of stuff, I mean, you could get a Chromebook and you can now AAA game on a Chromebook. Okay. I mean, that would be, you buy a, buy a off the, you know, off the open box rack Chromebook for a hundred bucks put it on your TV with an HDMI port, and then yeah. when you're done playing there, you unplug it, take it with you, and now it's a portable game console. Sure. You know. It, and we, like you said, I mean, and that's, and, and if I can if I can use an Xbox controller along with that, and if I have access to, you know, all of the titles that I would care about, you know, uh, and, and you know what? Here's, here's a selling point uh, in the fact that I've complained about the baseball games on many, many occasions, oh, yeah. and the fact that I can only play, you know, you can only play the MLB game on PlayStation. If, if something like that were allow me to, you know, play with an Xbox controller also have it be portable and only need like a cheap Chromebook to play it and allow me access to both, you know, like Elder Scrolls and Fallout and all the stuff that I typically play on Xbox while also playing MLB The Show, which would typically be a PlayStation game exclusive. If it if I can do all of that, then absolutely. I would definitely be interested in this. Yeah, see, man, <clears throat> we don't have a whole lot of details right now. Yeah, but. We're going to be, obviously, we're going to be getting details. And I am, I'm interested in price. I want to know what the, what the pricing model is going to be. Am I going to pay a subscription fee and get access to any game I want? Or am I going to have to buy games one at a time? Uh, Either one, I'm not necessarily opposed to. I just, I kind of want to know. Yeah, same here. Um, <clears throat> I don't know which one I would prefer. I, like you said, I'm, I'm not necessarily. I, it, I'd have to see the prices, you know, um, on on each individual or, 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 or uh, with each option, you know, uh, to determine whether I'm I'm okay with it or not. But right off the bat, I wouldn't mind either or um, because I know I'm not going to play a whole lot of them. So as long as the subscription fee isn't astronomically high you know i wouldn't i would be okay with it and as long as the uh you know individual game prices i feel like they need to be at least slightly cheaper than what it would be if i purchase it at the you know at a best buy or a GameStop or something you know um well now does as it long need to be cheaper because you're not now having to pay for the uh hardware <clears throat> 
Well, yeah, I mean, you mean like the console itself? Yeah, you don't have to pay for the console or the gaming PC. Right, but so. I've always felt that like the digital download should always be a little bit cheaper than the, the you know than buying like a disc copy because they're not producing the disc and the booklets and yeah. the, you know the artwork and, and you know just that kind of thing. And I agree for mo- the most part. Like if I'm buying a digital game on my Xbox One or my computer, but the fact is I paid the company for the game console already. Right. So in this situation, the company owns the game console and is putting up the storage space, the processing power and the power to the electricity to do it all as well as the broadband pipe to bring it to you. Um, in that case, I, I mean, I don't think these games need to be more expensive than they are on the shelf. (laughs) Definitely not. I would, I would be okay with them being, normal price full price as long as you get all the features and you know uh functionality that you would if you had purchased you know the game you know i want to be able to like save my franchises on the baseball game to the cloud and you know keep all of my set you know all that kind of stuff uh as long as everything is still included along with it i could probably be sold on you know just full price games even though they're only streaming Oh, yeah. And you wouldn't even have to worry about, you know, saving in the cloud because the entire game is in the cloud. Your whole console. Well, right, right. Is in Again, the cloud, as so. long as there. Yeah. As long as I'm I'm I have full functionality and, and you know, all of my information can be, you know, uh, accessed. Awesome. Well, we uh, we wait with heightened anticipation to see what Google Stadia has to bring. Alright, um, talked about VR once already this episode, might as well throw it in again, and we'll probably throw it in a third time later. Uh, Valve has teased a new VR headset. I'm not going to spend much time on this because there's not a whole lot of details. Um, so This is from a Mashable article, and it says, per earlier rumors, the Valve Index, which is what it's called, Index, kind of, I mean, sort of catchy, I guess. Uh, should have 135 degree field of view and knuckles controllers. I don't know what knuckles controllers are exactly. Well, that was the only question I had so far. <laughs> I think I guess they mean it has like controllers that like are. I, my initial thought was brass knuckles only controllers, <laughs> I, and that would make kind of sense if you think about it in VR. I guess. Um, but we'll see about that. And it says. Uh, it's also likely that the tracking will be, quote, inside out. So that means sensors inside the headset as opposed to previous generations of Vive and Oculus, which use, you know, the lighthouses and the cameras and things like that to track your movement. Um, so, I I mean, more power to them. More VR headsets, please. Bring them all. All the VR headsets. Because we need choices. Uh, and then, Sean, this one you might be actually interested in. I don't know. I, I'm not positive. But uh, Sega will be releasing the Genesis Mini on September 19th. Well, this looks fun. I mean, I I was never a huge Sega guy, you know. Uh, but uh, clearly they're trying to capitalize off of the success of the of the Nintendo. Yeah, I many consoles, retro gaming. I've said multiple times I don't completely understand it. Um 
But I did like Sonic. I like a lot. So, meh. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm looking at the games and like I don't uh, I don't recognize a lot of the names, you know. But again, yeah. I didn't I had a Sega Genesis when I was a kid, but I did not have a ton of games for it. And I feel like the games that I did have were only like a few of the really, really big pop, you know, like I remember having Sonic and I remember having like, uh, um, like there was a big Joe Montana football. It might've been called Joe Montana football, uh, back then. Um, I remember having that, um, Mortal Kombat, uh, was a Sega Genesis game, you know, like that's all I remember having was like, you know, a few of the like really, really well-known popular games of the time. So not really into the, a whole lot of the Sega Genesis stuff, but it's a, it's a cool idea. I like it. So the games that are, uh, been announced, that have been announced for this little thing are, uh, Altered Beast, Castlevania Bloodlines, Comics Zone, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Echo the, the Dolphin, Gunstar Heroes, Shining Force, Sonic the Hedgehog, Space Harrier 2, and Toe Jam and Earl. I remember Toe Jam and Earl, and obviously Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, I never, I was never a Castlevania fan. And I think I remember Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Um, I believe it was a kind of a Tetris Candy Crush-esque game. Yeah, see, I remember playing like Castlevania, but I believe it was on the like didn't origin didn't Nintendo have Castlevania games? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, see, I think I only played Castlevania on the original Nintendo. Um other than that, Echo the Dolphin. I remember Echo the Dolphin. Now I never owned it, but it was like the game that was it seemed to always be the game that was um remember when we were kids, like you would go into the department store at the mall and they would always oh, have a, yeah. a system, you know, like set up for display where you could play, you know? And Echo the Dolphin seemed to always be the game that was on display. Uh so I, I, I'm familiar with that one. And uh Toe Jam and Earl does sound familiar as well. Yeah. But I don't I don't think I know the names of any of these other ones yeah so it's supposed to have 40 games uh when it finally releases uh september 19th so i mean 40 games is a lot as long as it's in in line with uh, the pricing of all the other mini consoles you know it's kind of a nostalgia tour for older games nowadays i don't know um the the one thing I do enjoy about this one, the U.S. version will be shipping with two three button Genesis controllers. <clears throat> so it for eighty com- for eighty bucks, it says. Well, um, in Japan, uh, oh yeah, 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 because yeah, Japan so has, the US a, version has an option to go 80. for one controller, but right. eighty dollars for two controllers because doesn't the uh, didn't the NES and the Super NES Mini. Didn't they only have one controller? I do not know for sure. I don't remember. It's been too long. Man, I never got one, so I don't know. I never even never even looked at them because I don't understand. I I don't. I guess I don't have that much nostalgia over these game consoles. Maybe I I wanted the NES Mini. You know, I just I just really enjoy the old old Nintendo. I think it would just be fun to have you know a good chunk of those popular games sitting around so i just got a um raspberry pi and put it in a case that looks like a nes <laughs> just just did that instead it was cheaper uh, all right 
So if you're into retro games, September 19th, uh, you know, they're liable to sell out relatively quick. So, okay. Now, I have to tell you something, Trevor. It's time for TV news. Oh, Sean. All right. Let's see. A lot of color. CW news for everybody this episode. Uh, we talked about him last podcast with uh, in regards to Arrow, which we will talk about also once again in a moment. But uh, we're going to start off this week with uh, the big news from the CW, and 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 this hits close to home. One of my uh, one of my favorite shows. Been watching it since day one, um, and that is Supernatural on CW. They uh, officially announced that they will, and and this is something we've discussed quite a few times uh, over the past several episodes uh, that a lot of shows are doing now. You know, announcing their cancellations a year in advance, and that's what Super. Supernatural has done. Um, the guys took to Twitter to announce that the show will conclude after next year's 15th season. So uh, 15 years on the network. Um, this is the only TV show left on television that actually began airing when it was the WB network uh, before they merged with UPN to become the CW. So that's kind of cool, you know. Um, but uh Fifteen years, man. That's a that's a long run. So, did, you never did you ever watch the show? I know you've seen some of it, haven't you? Oh yeah, I'm only uh, I'm only one season behind at this point. Oh okay, I, gotcha. I got I got caught up eventually, but um, I started watching it. Gosh, I want to say I started watching it on the second or third season. I started watching it relatively early because. I was able to binge watch what I had missed in like a day on Hulu. Right. So 15 years, that means it began in like 2004, right? Yeah. It's a, yeah. it's an older show for sure. So I remember, I remember watching this show before we even had, before I even owned a DVR. Like I remember having to like, make sure I was home to watch the show or, or schedule my VCR to record. <laughs> so, I mean, how, wow, how, messed how up, did you survive? Right. How messed up is that, man? Like this show is still on TV and somebody like me, you know, like I remember recording episodes of this show if I, or at least, you know, potentially needing to record episodes of this show on VHS. So, and there could there could be people listening to this podcast that don't even know what the hell a VHS is. That's true, and we hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, next year it looks like they're going to have a final twenty episode run. Um, you know, lots of photographs and stuff of these guys posted to Twitter. If you uh, cl- you know click through the link in the show notes, you'll see you know the video that. Uh, uh, Jared Padalecki and Jensen Ackles and Misha Collins also uh, joined in as well because he's been on the show since I believe season four. Yeah, I think he came in was early. when Castiel arrived, and he's been on ever since. So you know, um, 
I don't know. Sad news, but uh, it's you know it's been on it. That's a, that's a long time. You know, fifteen episodes. I don't know if this article specifically mentions the amount of episodes they'll be at when they uh, end the show, but um, they already had their three hundredth, so it'll be somewhere around three thirty, I would say, um, in that in that range. I'm just waiting to see. Um, I like. I really like Misha Collins. I want to see him in more things. Jensen Ackles. Really want to see him in more things. Honestly, all three of these guys, but really, truly, I want to see more Jensen Ackles in things because I, I think, like, just from the comedy he does in uh, Supernatural, I want to see him in an actual, like, full-on comedy and just see what happens because he seems like he's a really funny dude, and he's always got to play kind of the straight man in Supernatural, you know. They give him they give him certain episodes where he gets to Oh yeah, they crazy, do. they have but, they have their silly episodes, you know. Yeah. But like I forget which one it was, but there was one episode where him and Crowley are hanging out like best buds. Oh yeah. And I freaking love that episode. And I want to see more of that kind of stuff. So I I know when they're, you know, when you're filming an actual show, you don't really get to do much as way of in the way of movies or anything like that. But I'm very interested interested to see where these guys go next. Yeah, I, I'd really, I think you're right. I'd like to see him in a in a comedy, and you know, it, it, you're it, because he's been doing this show for so long. You know, I haven't seen him, in, and I don't know if I've I don't know if I've seen him in anything else besides Supernatural. Now he was in one season of Smallville before Supernatural began. Uh, the just the worst season of Smallville too. <laughs> it was it was terrible. Oh man! Uh, but before that, he was like a soap opera actor. He was yeah. on like General Hospital or Days of Our Lives or one of those soap operas. Like you can wa- you can see video. Like I looked it up one Days day of him. Lives. Like he he won a, he won like one of the soapy awards or something like that. And there's you know fun video of him accepting his uh, his soap opera award. You know. So uh, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I would like to see him in something you know uh, comedic, just like a like a sitcom almost. You know, uh, just to see uh, how he could. Uh, you know, hack it, I guess you, cause I, I agree the the comedic episodes of supernaturals are all of supernatural is always some of my favorites. Have you ever seen the TV show Kings of Khan? Kings of Khan. A glimpse, I, a glimpse into the so. behind the scenes shenanigans that happen at fan conventions when the actors are the craziest ones there. Yeah. Uh, Rob Benedict, Richard Spite Jr., um, but I, I was just looking up, uh, Jensen Ackles and seeing like who he was and wh- or who, you know, what's he's, what he's been on. And is that one of his credits? Yeah. And honestly, this show sounds really funny and I kind of got to get it now. It's from huh. 2017 and he plays Justin Angles. Yeah. <laughs> I think I have to get this show. Where, where does it come from? Where are you getting it from? Well, I'm on IMDB right now. Right. Is it one um, of their shows? Maybe I mean I know they have their own little uh, uh, you know programming over there. So I'm just wondering like where it originates from. Man, uh, it doesn't it doesn't tell me a uh, like where it's from. It says its runtime is only 15 minutes. Hmm. It might be an IMDb thing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're all. It looks like, you know, because it's giving them false names that they're they're technically like playing out 
Kings of Khan. Yeah, Kings of Khan. Just Googling it here. Uh, yeah, it comes up with IMDb. It's got to be an IMDb like original or something. Uh. Although it's available on YouTube, Prime, iTunes, Google Play. It's available everywhere. Yeah, 8.2 out of 10. Huh. Oh, that's a... That's a uh, impromptu plug for Kings of Khan, apparently. Oh, uh, it's uh, a comedy series created by starring Rob Benedict and Richard Spite Jr. on Comic Con HQ. Oh, that's where I've heard it. Because yeah. I used to, I used to watch Con Man all the time, uh, which uh, which was Alan Tudyk's thing. Yes, and that was on Comic uh, or what was it? Con HQ. Yeah, Con yeah. HQ. Okay, that's where I've heard it. Then oh, I'm gonna have to check this out. This looks really kind of funny. Yeah, because that's uh, what is that? The two guys who the guys who play uh, well, the one guy is God, and the other exactly, guy yeah. is uh, um, the prankster God. I can never he was Loki, Loki. Yeah. but I think he's actually what is it? Gabriel, the archangel Gabriel, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. that looks really funny. <laughs> okay, cool. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, no, that's it. Uh, So Supernatural coming to an end after next season. Um, You know, it's about time. But as Kevin Smith would say, big bucket of win. Okay. So a little more CW news uh, again. uh, Last week we discussed, or last episode we discussed, that Arrow had officially announced their cancellation after a shortened 10-episode next season that would lead up to the Crisis on Infinite Earth storyline. Um, just recently, I believe it was yesterday, actually, uh, we're recording this on the 31st, so yeah, I believe it was just yesterday it was announced that uh, Emily Bet Rickards, who plays Felicity on uh, she announced via social media that she will be exiting the series ahead of the final eighth season. So that means she will not be present for the 10-episode run-up to the Crisis on Infinite Earth storyline, which is a little bit strange in my opinion, uh, especially considering the storyline they're dealing with right now. I I guess, you know, they can write her out at the end of this year. You know, it's just going to be interesting to see how – well, no, I guess I can already see how they play it out because, uh, you know, spoiler alert for anyone who's not caught up in the current Arrow storyline. You know, they've been been flashing forward and showing, you know – um, that occur in the future instead of over many seasons where they flashed back, you know, and showed what was going on with Oliver on the island and things like that. And uh, and we have seen in the future storylines that Felicity is like living alone in a secluded mountain cabin, essentially with one of their with one of hers and Oliver's children. So I guess if uh, next season, you know, occurs. During that time period when clearly Oliver and Felicity are separated, then it would explain her absence from next year's final season. So I guess I can see how it's already being written into the current storyline, but uh, from what I believe they say in this deadline article is that it's rumored to be because her contract was up uh, and she just opted. Yeah, there it is. She just opted not to move on, but uh, uh, she has confirmed that Felicity uh, will no longer be on, you know, the series for next season. Hmm. 
little disappointing. I like her character. Uh, you know, there are there are other characters on Arrow currently, such as you know, what is it, Wild Dog and Mister Terrific and the new Black Canary. I mean, she's all right actually. I don't mind her, but uh, yeah, there's several of the newer characters that have been brought on in the last season. That I'm not just just not a huge fan of, but she's you know, Felicity's been around since the beginning, so I'll be kind of sad to see her go. I'm about to say something really chauvinist. We better move on. Please, go ahead. I was going to say, I hate to see her go, but I'd love to watch her leave. Oh, jeez. That was... Sorry. Was, she she is a very beautiful girl. Chauvinist, but yeah, also just saying. terrible. But I mean, come on. But, You're like a 1950s but then again, dad. Then again, I, I... I mean, let's face it. I I'm weird like that. I don't know. What's his name? Stephen Amell? I'd cuddle with him, too. That's cool. Let I mean, go. you might as well have said, like, it must be jelly, because jam don't shake like that. You know? Like, <laughs> come on, dude. I, I've never heard that one. Oh. that That's a thing? Yeah, that's another one of those, like, old dad. Don't shake like that. Well, at least it's something that, like, I remember my dad even saying or making fun of somebody saying and some I, things I like say, that. I don't even get that one, really. Yeah, I don't know. It's old dad stuff you know i don't think you're allowed to say it unless you have shorts on that are <laughs> above, your, above your mid thigh and socks pulled up to your knees yeah yeah what about uh hey girl feel my sweater it's made of boyfriend material <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> all right so let's uh, move let's move on hey, uh, i gave you the chance to move on and you, yeah. you didn't you didn't take it we're moving on now okay. from the CW to HBO. One of the stories that we've been tracking since it was just a rumor, uh, and that is the Deadwood revival uh, over at HBO. Deadwood coming in movie form. HBO has dropped the trailer, and they have also released the or uh, announced the release date for the film. And it is much, much sooner than we expected. Uh, you can watch the trailer through the show notes, uh, the link in the show notes, and you can watch the entire film on HBO on May 31st. Holy crap. So, yeah, only, uh, what, two months away, exactly two months away from, from when we're recording this right now. Uh, the the film will reportedly be set years later in the chronology of the show from when we last saw Al Swearingen, and we'll see South Dakota officially joining the United States, along with the ramifications of that for the townsfolk. Swearingen, San Francisco cocksucker. <laughs> God, I need to rewatch that show. I've missed it so much. Yes, uh, I think you're right. I think I do need to rewatch the show. I think that's a good idea. We should rewatch that before the movie comes out, just to just to get a, you know, a, a, you know, have it fresh in my mind. I like to do that. I've also I also downloaded Good Omens so I could listen to the oh, audio yeah. before the show premieres. I believe also in May as well. So, uh, you know, and I listened to. Uh, I re-listened to Ready Player One before I went and saw that abomination of a film. So, Awesome. All right. And the last story. And this one's not really – I mean it's kind of television because it's like a streaming service for TV. But I found it interesting when I was looking for TV stories. And that's that uh, DC had several announcements recently at uh, – I believe it was WonderCon – 
And the thing that I found intriguing was that they announced that the DC Universe streaming service would very shortly be adding the entire DC lineup of comic books to its platform. Um, the only thing that it will not include, uh, no, it says comics released will include any issue aside. Yeah. So the only thing it will not include will be issues released in the last 12 months. Um, so, you know, you won't have the most recent year of, of comic books, but all of the back issues in the DC catalog will be available on the streaming service. I thought that was a pretty cool feature, don't you? Yeah. I, huh. I mean, that's... I'll stop with the autoplayful crap. That is pretty <laughs> cool. I like that a lot. I, you know... I mean, I really like the idea of being able to like just go somewhere and and know that I can get every single I can read every single issue I want, you know, all the way up to the current, you know, if I wanted to do so. Like that's really neat. I think that's cool. Yeah, I was kind of trying to read this to see if there were any catch twenty twos because that's that's not bad at all. Other than not having, other than not having the 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 last you know, 12 months of issues. Um, and that's not even that out of the ordinary. Cause if you think about it, you know, when it comes to like Netflix and Hulu and stuff like that, a lot of these streaming services, when it comes to television shows may not have the most recent season until the newest season debuts on live television. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, Hulu of course has, uh, uh, shows typically the day after they air and things like that. But, uh, you know, Netflix in regards to some of their television series that they have that are not originals, you know, they may not have the, uh, a new season on Netflix until uh, a new season debuts on live television and they're always you know one season behind playing catch-up kind of a thing so i don't think it's out of the ordinary or or you know overstepping to not have them the 12 most recent issues you know available but uh other than that i think that's a really cool idea i think marvel should jump on board with this as well yeah i i mean marvel has as it says in the article here, Marvel does have its own unlimited service, but it's just the comics. That man, this seems like a really. I mean, if you're into DC, this is a this is a really good deal, right? Um, it so yeah, cool I mean, well, I guess Arnold, since, uh, Marvel since Marvel, yeah, since Marvel does already have the unlimited service, I feel like that's something now that because that's something we didn't talk about at all during this uh, podcast is that the that deal is now official. Marvel and or you know Disney and Fox, like that whole merger is now completely official. It's done. Um, you know there are no more legal legalities to uh, uh, to deal with. So. Now that that's all said and done and Marvel already has this in place, I feel like, you know, that new Disney Plus streaming service or whatever that they're uh, that they're launching, if they were to bundle this together, you know, uh, I, I feel like they need to add this as a feature, kind of like how when you subscribe to Amazon Prime, you get Prime Video along with it, you know, uh, that kind of thing. Um if they included their Marvel service along with subscribing to their Disney service, I think, you know, that would be a, a really cool feature. Hmm. Awesome. 
All right, that's it for TV news. <laughs> I was going to say movie news because I was doing my movie news voice, but uh, yeah, oh. tech news. So, all right, <clears throat> Apple had their Showtime event. I know how much you love Apple, Sean. Yeah, there was actually a story uh, that I had in my TV notes, but it's uh, essentially covered in here, so I took it out. Plus, I don't like talking about Apple. Oh, okay. Uh, So they released a couple different things. They're kind of focusing on TV right now, basically, the Apple TV. So you have Apple TV Plus. That's an ad-free subscription video (laughs) service, a ton of original content coming to it. Uh, This comes from TechCrunch. Um, content will be coming from names like Oprah, Steve Carell, J.J. Abrams, Steven Spielberg, Jason Momoa, uh, Kamel Nanjiani, and many, many more. Uh, original content is always cool, but you have to start off your stuff with stuff that already exists. And uh, you'll also be it, able to use... It won't have any kind of back catalog, though. This was the story that I also had. So Yeah, it really, it doesn't. You can use it... Use the app uh, on your Apple TV to subscribe to things like Showtime Stars, CBS All Access, all that. But you still, you know, you still don't have a hell of a back catalog. So that's kind of a big barrier to entry. Now, the, 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 I guess you want to say the plus here when it comes to subscribing to HBO Showtime Stars, CBS All Access, and all that kind of stuff, what they're saying is that uh, in regards to most uh, services that you would use right now, uh, the like Amazon, I believe, where it allows you access to HBO, you know, when you go to use it, like, it basically kicks you over to HBO Go. You know, you end up into an into an into a third party app. Yeah. Whereas Apple TV Plus is going to allow you access to these things directly through their application, and you won't have to be redirected to the HBO Go server or the Showtime uh, Now or whatever they call it, um, you know, to their applications. It'll all be through Apple TV Plus. So I give them that. Yeah, it would be nice to just have you know everything in one place. So. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, so let's see. Apple uh, Apple News Plus is one of the other things here. Um, another subscription service. <laughs> mm-hmm. Subscribe to everything. Give us all. Oh yeah. Um, so for ten dollars a month, you'll get access to three hundred plus magazines. That is current and past issues. Um, that includes things like People, Vogue, Wall Street Journal, Rolling Stone, and Wired. <clears throat> uh, also, they have some that are only online, you know, like TechCrunch, The Cut. Um, I think um, they named off a couple, but uh, I don't know. I mean, if you're a magazine reader, you got an iPad, you like to commute and read magazines or something, $10 a month is actually not bad at all for a unlimited magazine subscription because most magazines are going to cost you, you know, if you buy them from newsstands, they're going to cost you probably 10 bucks an issue. And if you buy them um, in a subscription, typically it's going to cost you 10 to $20 a year, you know, which, yeah, breaks down to less than $10 per month, but you're also getting 300 or more of them. So... You're not subscribing to 300 magazines a year for $10 a month. So if you are a magazine reader, that one's actually not that bad. I am not. I'll read my stuff online. Thank you. Uh, So probably not going to be for me. Apple Arcade. 
So that is an ad-free, all-you-can-eat gaming service for games on iOS, macOS, and tvOS. Um, Apple does say it'll have 100-plus games at launch uh, from Disney, Konami, and Lego are some of them. Uh, it says all games will be playable offline, and it launches this fall, but they didn't give a price. I don't know. I, I do a little, just a tiny bit of mobile gaming, but I don't mind paying $5 for a mobile game, you know? I get my $5 worth, and then I keep playing it, or I just forget about it. I don't think I need a subscription to mobile games. Uh, and macOS doesn't have enough games, I think, to entice me for a subscription. It would have to be super-duper cheap for me to even entertain the idea. But hey, some people a Mac is the only thing they have. They don't have another. They don't have a PC. You know, if I want a game, I game on a PC because it's just. I'm sorry, Apple, but it's just better. Mac sucks for gaming. Um, but some people only have Macs, and in that case, this might be something they'd want to look into. Um, next thing, this is something I know Sean is just slathering about. He cannot wait to get his hands on a bright, shiny Apple credit card. <laughs> This actually sounds interesting. <laughs> I just like the I like the security idea behind it. Yeah. So um, the Apple credit card uh, is a virtual card that lives on your phone, and it has a physical titanium card, so you can cut people in half with it if you want. Um, it'll have no late fees or annual fees. The late fees is kind of cool. Um, it doesn't happen often to me, but there have been times I forgot to pay my credit card bill and I get racked with this $40 late fee and it's like, what the hell sure. guys, are you really hurting that bad for money that you could have charged me $40 cause I forgot for two days. But anyway, um, the physical card has no number or CVV or expiration date or signature printed on it. It's nothing. It's a minimalist Apple card. They would have taken away the chip and all that. I'm sure you just give me a white slip of plastic if they could. Um, because you know it's Apple, you got to get rid of all the things. Um, so if you pull up in the wallet app on your phone the card, that's when you can give uh, numbers, security codes, things like that. But they are um, one-time use and dynamic, which I mean, it makes the card much, much, much harder to steal. But it's also Unless a site accepts Apple Pay, it's kind of a pain in the ass because you won't be able to save your credit card right. in the site. So if more sites start to take on Apple Pay as an option, then this would not be a problem because you could just use your Apple ID and pay that way. Um, but I don't know. I Shit, I'll probably get one. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't... I. It, you get uh, on on card purchases. You get one percent cash back, and they say the cash back is daily. So they they credit you daily for stuff you've spent. I don't use a credit card that often, um, but hey, you know. So one percent on card swipes. So if you use a physical card, two percent on everything you use the uh, Apple Pay for, and three percent if you buy something from Apple itself. Um, so. Eh, if nothing else, maybe use it to buy your Apple gear. Uh, Percentage-wise, I think they said it was going to be low, a little bit lower than industry standard, and I think I've read somewhere that it's anywhere from 13% to like 25%, depending on credit score. Um, 
So, eh, who knows? Uh, that it might it might be interesting. Uh, since it has no annual fee, like I said, I might get one just to have it. You know, I don't know. But yeah. All right. Uh, something they didn't announce, but uh, actually, I think this came out a little bit before. Uh, new iPad models. Woo! Uh, so the iPad Air uh, got a 10.5 inch version that supposedly gives you high end features and performance at a breakthrough price. It's an upgraded version of the iPad Air. 10.5 inches. Still use the uh, Apple, the old version of the Apple Pencil. Um, and a smart keyboard, uh, which is cool because I don't think the original revamp of the iPad Air allowed the smart keyboard. Um, so the A12 Bionic chip, uh, is now in the iPad Air, delivers a 70% boost in performance. If our, um, then you get, um, retina display, true tone technology. That's the the thing that actually <clears throat> matches the color in the room to the display to kind of give you a more natural uh, feel to the color. I'm I'm not 100% sold on that. I turn it off on a lot of my Apple products, but I'm sure some people use it. Uh, the one that I am interested in, but also the most disappointed in, uh, is the, the new 7.9-inch iPad Mini. Um, iPad mini has been stagnant for a long time. It just, I have an iPad mini for my daughter and I think, I don't remember what the last version of iOS that was available for that was, but I don't think it went much past 10. So it's, it's pretty far back there. Um, so the new 7.9 inch iPad mini gives you the A12 bionic chip, um, it says delivering three times the performance and nine times faster graphic uh, graphics, which I believe um, a retina display with a true tone. Um, and also this one is super interesting. It also has the ability to use the previous version of the Apple pencil. Um, both of these use the previous version because they don't have USB C. They have a lightning port on the bottom and they don't have the inductive charging that the new iPad pros have. So, <clears throat> you know, uh, I appreciate Apple uh, giving them the ability to use the Apple Pencil, but I wish that they had the ability to use a new one. I I don't know. Uh, the one thing I was most disappointed with on the iPad Mini, it just it feels very dated with the giant bezels all the way around the screen, especially at the top and bottom, um, the physical home button, things like that, you know. The the Air has an excuse because it's the entry-level Air, but I think an iPad Mini could have benefited from a little bit more of a, of a revamp. So. But if you are in the market for a smaller iPad, you can finally get one that's not <laughs> really old. <laughs> uh, so, uh, let's see here. I know we got prices. Here we go. Um... You know, a new iPad Mini starts at three ninety nine for the Wi Fi model and five twenty nine for the Wi Fi cellular model. The ten point five inch iPad Air starts at four ninety nine for the Wi Fi and six twenty nine for the Wi Fi cellular. 
Um, they come in silver, space gray, and gold finishes in 64 gig and 256 gig configurations. Apple, bring back 128 gigs, you dumbasses. I hate that they have to, they skip so much. Either make 128 the standard or bring back 128 because some people don't need 256 and you're just charging them more because you can. Don't be a dick. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, that's about, that's about it. Uh, you know, you, you got smart covers for them if you want them. Uh, first generation pencils still cost, you know, a hundred bucks. Uh, smart keyboard for the 10.5 inch is 159. I believe it's the same smart keyboard that the, uh, 10.5 inch or not 10.5. Was it? Yeah. The 10.5 inch pro, uh, used the pro that had the home button still. Um, so, eh. Interesting, but also kind of a bummer in their own little way. All right. So we haven't talked about Asshat Pie for a while. Um, I figured, why the hell not? So the FCC, or well, Asshat Pie himself, uh, has proposed a new spending cap on the Universal Service Program um, that's one of those programs, I think we've talked about it before, uh, where it kind of helps, uh, fund broadband build out in either, uh, low income or rural areas. And also, you know, kind of helps op- bridge the digital divide, if you would, uh, makes it easier for people of, uh, in low income or poverty to have access to telephone and broadband services. Uh, kind of important because the last time I checked, there's not a whole lot of places you go to fill out applications anymore. They usually want you to fill it out online. And sure, you can go to the store and fill it out online, but how much easier would it be to get a job if you could fill out 30 of them while sitting on your couch? So I'm just saying. Uh, not only that, but nowadays with school the way it is, students need ubiquitous access to broadband. That's just the way it is. Um, so what he's wanting to do <clears throat> is basically suggest a, he suggests a, a spending cap. Um, so, you know, the, let's see here in this article from Ars Technica, it says here, the FCC's universal service systems purpose is to bring communication services, uh, service access to all Americans and consists of four programs. The Connect America Fund, which gives ISPs money to deploy broadband in rural areas. Lifeline, which provides discounts on phone and broadband service to low-income consumers. The E-Rate Broadband Program for schools and libraries. And a telecom access program for rural health care providers. These all sound relatively important, don't you think? Sure. Yeah, kind of. So he wants to basically put a $11.4 billion annual cap on the cost of all four programs. Um, it says this is more than the current spending. So this is this cap is higher than what they're spending right now. So I will give him credit for not wanting to cut spending. But by putting an annual cap on this, it means that once they hit that cap, you know, it, it basically means these four programs are going to have to fight each other tooth and nail to make sure they get the cut of the pie that they need. You know, um, 
there are so many people who don't have access to good broadband or and they bring this up later in the article uh let me find it here right here okay so um this comes from uh jeffrey starks um who is a democratic commissioner uh with the fcc um so he says uh let's see here he brings out a major error that was found in um Ajet Pai's annual broadband development report. Uh, it says here that Pai initially claimed that new data shows his deregulatory pro- policies are boosting broadband deployment, but even the modest gains cited by Pai rely partly on the claims of one ISP that acknowledged submitting false broadband coverage data to the FCC. <laughs> Oops. Um, with the error removed... Pi's data seems to show that 21.3 million Americans lack access to fixed broadband with speeds of at least 25 megabits per second downstream and 3 megabits per second upstream. Other research has found that 68 million Americans have either Comcast or Charter as their only choice for 25 megabits per second, 3 megabits per second broadband service. That last line, I can verify as far as I am concerned, because I, that's my only option <laughs> for anything. Cause I have basically two options where I live, AT&T or charter. AT&T right. doesn't get 25 to three in my area, but charter gets uh 150, <clears throat> 150, 15, I think is what I get or 150, 10. Maybe it's hard to, I think it's 15. Um, but I just talked to a guy the other day that has charter and he has 400 megabits per second down. And that blows my mind because he only lives an hour away from me. Mm-hmm. Oh, anyway, so uh, this, I mean, right now it is only a proposal. It has not, you know, this is the first part of the rulemaking process. Hasn't gotten anywhere past this yet. Um, as of this article anyway, but man, this is not, I don't know. It's more taking money from programs that help people who aren't in a great position uh, or, you know, schools because <clears throat> education was part of one of those programs. Healthcare. I mean, come on, this is, it's not, it's not a good thing to cut. If you're trying to cut spending, cut it somewhere else, you know? But or take some of that uh, take some of that money that Charter is paying lobbyists and paying politicians and put that into the fund instead because I'm sure that would make up the difference. <laughs> so, do you have any uh, do you have any thoughts on this at all? Well, I mean, I don't have a problem with a spending limit. You know, it, it just the idea of one in general. Uh, you know, it's fiscally responsible. I understand that as long as it's something. And they said that it would be uh, indexed for inflation. So, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm fine with the idea in general. However, it, there appear to be more problems with the entire setup of this program then are being addressed by this spending limit. Uh, it says here in the article that uh, all four universal service programs are paid for by Americans, us, through fees on their phone bills. 
broadband services are not subject to the same fees, even though these universal service programs are now mainly for expanding broadband access. And I can see where they're coming from, you know, saying like the, one of the reasons we're trying to put a cap on the spending is because, you know, these are things being paid for by the American taxpayers on their phone bills. And it's not necessarily something that's going towards expanding phone service anymore. Like, I just feel like th there are other things that need to be addressed in regards to changing how these fees are assessed to the people, you know, who are paying for it. Uh, but I don't think they're going about it the right way. Okay. Which way would you go about it? Well, I would begin, you know, I would address it from the ground up. Like, obviously, if that's their if that's their concern here is, you know, in regards to how the fees are being charged and assessed and everything. It even says right here that Pi's proposal suggests an overall cap on spending across the programs. And an FCC official is familiar with the proposal uh, told ours. But Pi's plan doesn't propose any meaningful changes to how the universal service fund surcharges are assessed to Americans. So if you're complaining about the fact that you know, we need to put a cap on this because of who's paying for it and how much they're paying and stating that, you know, these programs are being paid for on phone bills, but it's going to expand services that aren't related to your phone. Like, I get that. So address that, you know, uh, begin by changing it from the ground up, I guess, not just putting a hard cap limit on it and not fixing the underlying problem. Okay. <clears throat> okay, I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean that that would make that would kind of make sense, I guess. Um, but you know, they're not gonna. I, this is I don't. I don't and think and honestly, that's anything. just well. And again, that's uh, just me taking them. That's just me taking them at their word that there is a problem. You know, I mean, I'm. It, yeah. They're the ones who seem to have identified this underlying issue of the fees and how they're assessed and right. and, and and whatnot. And I'm just taking that. You know. Uh, you know, for their. You know, at, at their word, and and it still seems like they're just not addressing it the correct way. No, not really. Oh, well, we know how good their word is. <clears throat> All right, so... And now time for movie news! Those of you who have been longtime listeners know that I was a MoviePass customer. Scorned, forgotten, thrown to the wayside. <laughs> and then I wised up, and I left. Like a bad relationship, I slammed the door and walked away. Well... There's another company that I have been uh, shooting goo goo eyes at over the bar, ordering it drinks, and uh, I haven't made my move yet, but uh, you just wait. I'll throw one of my great dad pickup lines at you sooner or later, Cinemia, because you now have a new plan. It says, no restrictions, by the way, and I probably should have brought this plan up in my web browser before I did this, but it is a... One movie a day, 2D only, mm -hmm. unlimited plan for, I saw, $15 a month. It says fourteen ninety nine in the yeah. Cinema Blend article. Yep. So, I'm trying to bring up Cinemia's actual website to make sure that price is still golden. 
Um, okay, always unlimited. Classic. Yep, fourteen ninety nine per month. Uh, any showtime, no limitations. Any theater. Advanced ticketing and reserved seating up to 30 days in advance. Um, you can see all the movies of the year in theaters, so no restrictions on what movie you're watching. Uh, watch any two-day movie available in the app in a day. No blackout days. And you get to watch one movie every day. Uh, fine print does limit you to watching one movie three times. So you can't go see a movie four times in a row. But I mean, right. that, that's okay because movie pass, like one of the big kickers for me that made me leave was they wouldn't let you see it more than once. And it's like, I want to go see a movie once by myself and once with my friends, you know, at least two times. So cinema having a limit of three, I'm okay with it's, it's not awesome, but it's better than one. Um, if you pay a year in advance, um, then you wait, they'll waive the $30 initiation fee. If you want to go monthly, you do have a $30 setup fee at the very beginning. Um, also something that a lot of people will throw up in, you know, against cinema is that the, uh, convenience fees that you pay because you have to buy these tickets online. So you, you go on your cinema app, you tell them what movie you want to buy. It'll give you basically a card number. Uh, to put into, you know, Adam or Fandango or wherever you buy your tickets from online. And then you use that card number to buy your ticket. Well, typically those have a convenience fee that you have to pay. It's usually one or two or three dollars. Um, but it, it will add up. Um, so remember that, that, you know, you still have to pay the convenience fee unless you have a rewards program that waives the convenience fee. So, for instance, I use um, Werenberg theaters mostly or what are, what are in our area. Uh, and if you're part of the Werenberg Theater Rewards Program and you put that card number into Fandango, Fandango will waive your convenience fee. You don't have to pay that anymore. Which means if you had a Cinema Classic plan, or, or uh, Always Unlimited plan, <clears throat> a Werenberg rewards card and ordered your tickets through Fandango, it would actually be a, you know, you would not actually have to pay anything out of pocket for that movie ticket uh, other than your monthly fee. So that's kind of cool. Um, work it out. If, if you're a, if you're a watch movies, a lot kind of a person, work it out. See how you can get a ticket for, you know, your monthly fee only. I, I love the fact that they have, you know, put out these, uh, uh, unlimited plans. I'm trying to bring up a calculator real quick because math is hard this early in the morning. Um, $14.99 times 12 months is $179.88. So $180. Um, $180 a year. You figure if you go and see in our area, if you see two movies, you've paid for it in a month. So your mileage may vary. You gonna be subscribing anytime soon, Sean? Nope. I know you go to the movies like all the time. Yeah, nope, <laughs> not at all. I, I go to see maybe one or two a year. <clears throat> no. Okay. I am honestly thinking about signing up for this. I haven't made my decision just yet, but man, it is tempting. 
I would, of course, do the one year at a time because I don't, I don't like the thirty dollars setup fee. But all right, let's see here. And this next one is one that you put in there. I did, I did a little bit of movie casting news, and I feel like after I read this, it seemed like you know, kind of a no brainer, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, that is that, and I don't know if we talked about this in a prior podcast or not, but, uh, there will be a remake, uh, of the child's play franchise and in, you know, there's been a lot of discussion over who would voice the character of Chucky, you know, the murderous doll. And it was recently announced that Mark Hamill will be the voice of Chucky in the child's play reboot. So once again, after, you know, doing his voice work, in in Batman, I think doing the Joker for all those years. I mean, he's kind of just perfect for this type of role. You know, uh, he can do a really good, crazy, maniacal, evil character. Oh, yeah. So uh, Hamill joins a cast that includes Aubrey Pro- uh, Aubrey Plaza, Gabriel Bateman, and Brian Tyree Henry in the contemporary reimagining, as they call it, of the 1988 horror hit that follows the malevolent path of a buddy doll that is sentient, bloodthirsty, and not as friendly as his smile. So, uh, you know, I remember watching this movie when I was a kid, and I'm not a big horror fan, you know, uh, but I remember the Chucky movies, so I think uh, I think Mark Hamill's the perfect person to, to take on that role. That's genius casting. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. I, I don't like, uh, like you, I don't really like horror movies. I don't watch them. Um... I don't know if I ever watched the original all the way through. I did watch pieces of it. Uh, however, I would totally watch this just because it's Mark Hamill. So, yeah, that is pretty genius. I love it. All right. So, um, <laughs> was that? Have you watched the video at the top of the show? No article. The video at the top yeah, of so the show notes article. Put, I put an article in the show notes, <clears throat> and then there's a, a video right at the top. While you're watching that, I'm going to explain. So there's a uh, a fan theory going on as to um, one way that the Avengers could beat Thanos. Um, I had the word Thanos is probably one of my favorite words now. Uh, Where am I supposed to be looking for this video? I don't see Well, it should be right at the top of the article. It's in a tweet. Oh, so okay. So I need to click in the show notes, like yeah. on the link for the LOL? Yeah, that's what I said. The article okay. in the show notes. Come on, Sean. Get with the program. Yeah. Okay, um, yeah. So I see, I see this video. I see a little Ant-Man or something. Okay, right? yeah. Play that video. Just watch that. Okay. So, well, I don't have sound. It doesn't so. need sound. It doesn't. It's unnecessary. Just watch. <laughs> so basically... Uh, the theory is that Ant-Man could kill Thanos by shrinking very, very small, going up his anus, <laughs> and then expanding to larger than full size. <laughs> I think that's probably... Um, I guess it could be... Wow. <laughs> I just saw the explosion at the end of the video. <laughs> Um, oh, so this is called the Thanus theory. The Thanus. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah. So I mean, <laughs> I think I think it would work. I like this theory. 
And what's really funny is you remember um, Josh Brolin tweeted out a picture a while back of himself pooping on a toilet. I don't remember this, but okay. It was was a video where he said he's preparing to be Thanos in uh, Avengers. And, um, you know, he's like stressing. And then it zooms out and he's actually taking a poop. Um, (laughs) So he actually tweeted that out again (laughs) because of this theory. He says, uh, uh, I forget exactly what the tweet was, but it's basically like anticipating uh mar you know in game <laughs> uh but that the people are saying that's why they didn't put ant-man in um because it would have been War. that easy to defeat yeah, thanos because he could have just crawled up his his butthole and <laughs> ended <laughs> well i mean i feel like it's like i feel like that is how all of the comic books and all the universes and all this, all the team ups work, you know, like there's so many times when I'm watching the flash or arrow or, or any of those shows where I'm like, Oh, like, um, one quick call to Supergirl would, would, would quickly solve this problem, you know? And then yeah. there was sometimes where like, Oh, oh you be, you're watching Supergirl and you're like, I don't understand why you haven't just called the flash. Like he could just run in here really quick and solve this whole thing, you know? And it's, and it's, it's, you're exactly right. You know, because there are some times when having one of those other superheroes around might lead to such a ridiculously easy solution to the problem, like crawling up Thanos's butthole that you just can't (laughs) allow it. (laughs) Oh, Thanos. (laughs) Oh, I love it so and much. And I, I mean, I can't say that, you know, when they were sitting around like the Marvel uh, writer's room coming up with the, the you know, the idea for uh, Infinity War, I, I can't say that they specifically thought of the idea of Ant-Man crawling up Thanos's butthole and exploding him from the inside out. But I would bet that they came up with something similar or, you know, on a on a parallel, uh, you know, stream of, of thought that led them to make the decision that he couldn't be around you know for the film because it might make it too easy to defeat him oh man it's so good i like it i like the theory i yeah i just i love i love what comic book people come up with i love you all it's so famous (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) all right Anyway, <laughs> uh, next flicks. So we're going to be covering movies from uh, the fifth uh, to the twelfth. The fifth, one of my one of my movies I really want to see comes out. So if you next it, I'm gonna I'm gonna thanus you. <laughs> I know you won't because I think you're interested in it too. See Shazam, Shazam. Yeah, it's got an exclamation point, so you gotta you gotta say it like that. Um, okay, we all have a superhero inside us. It just takes a bit of magic to bring it out. In Billy Batson's case, by shouting the one word Shazam, this streetwise fourteen-year-old foster kid can turn into the adult superhero Shazam, courtesy of an ancient wizard. Still a kid at heart, inside a ripped godlike body. Shazam revels in his adult version of himself by doing what any teen would with superpowers. Have fun with him. Can he fly? 
Oh, come on. I know. Okay, I'm gonna I'm just gonna cut it there. Cause it does get it does get a little wordy. I don't want to next this movie. I but. know. I'm gonna stop. I'm I'm stopping. I'm not next. I'm not, not letting you next it, but I'm stopping because it just it rambles a bit. But I cannot wait to see this movie. <laughs> it looks so good. Uh, yeah, it looks like a good comedic superhero movie. Uh, I like uh, what is his name, Zachary Levy. 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 Uh, he was great in Chuck. So yeah, this is gonna be awesome. I can't wait. April 5th. All right. Uh, Pet Cemetery. Jason Clark, Amy Simons, John Lithgow, Hugo Lavoie. Uh, a family trades a city life for the country life in Maine, then discovers that they have moved near a pet cemetery that rests on an ancient burial ground. Don't they always, though? When the husband's toddler son is killed in an auto accident, the father takes the boy's body to the cemetery, where it's resurrected in demonic form. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I, the, the, I'm not, again, not a horror fan. Uh, however, the original Pet Cemetery was probably one of the best, like, true scary movies that I can remember, you know, watching as a child. It was very scary. I think John Lithgow is, is perfect to play the role of, like, the grandfather. The dude who played it in the original one, I think, was the guy who was one of the monsters. Uh, the guy who played like Herman Munster or something like that. Um, so I think John Lithgow is is a very good person to play that role. Also, um, obviously they're going to need a real creepy little kid, but uh, you know I don't know if I will. I mean I definitely won't go see it at the theaters, but I'm no. just not a, I'm just not a horror fan at all. I don't know if I'll really be that interested to watch it once it hits streaming. Uh, let's see here. A lot of limiteds for the rest of them. I think we're probably done with that day. Not a lot coming out on the 5th. Alright, 12th. <clears throat> After. Uh, Josephine Langford. Hero Finnis Tiffin. Really? <laughs> Samuel Larson. Uh, let's see here. After follows Tessa. A dedicated student, dutiful daughter, and loyal girlfriend to her high school sweetheart. Next. Thank you. Because it looked... Yeah, it looks... Uh, what is this, even? What are you? What are you? <laughs> I'm not interested. A drama romance. No wonder. Okay. Um, sort of interested in this one. Hellboy. Ah, I don't know. David Harbour, Ian McShane, Mila Jovovich. Uh, oh, here you go. Hellboy faces off against a medieval sorceress who seeks to destroy humankind. Okay, I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> they know what they are. Shut up and take my money. <laughs> right. I mean, I like the original ones with Ron Perlman. Uh, yeah. So, and the guy who's playing it now, uh, you know, I like him too. Uh, and and you said Ian McShane's in it. I'm sold anything Ian McShane's in. That oh, dude yeah. is badass. So, yeah, I'll totally give these a try when they come out. I'll have, I won't go to the theater and see it or anything, but uh, I will definitely watch this film once it hits Netflix or even Redbox. Sure. Okay. Little. <clears throat> uh, Marissa Martin, Regina Hall, J.D. McCary. <sighs> Let's see here. 
uh, I hate when they refer to people in the in the synopsis like by their actor names. <laughs> Regina Hall and I think that's Marseille Martin, maybe. Okay. Uh, both start as Jordan Sanders. Hall as the Take No Prisoners tech mogul adult version of Jordan, and Martin as a 13-year-old version of her who wakes up in her adult self's penthouse just before a do-or-die presentation. Ugh, it's, what? Issa Rae Jordan plays Jordan's long-suffering assistant, April, the only one in on the secret that her daily tormentor is now trapped in an awkward tween body what? Just as everything is on the line. I don't understand what this movie is about at all. It's uh, the CEO, the like the, the big important lady who's all adult all the time, wakes up in her teenager body. Oh, so it's like and big. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say. Uh, um, what was it like? Freaky Friday. That, that's the one. That's what I was thinking. Freaky Ugh. Friday. But next, next, yeah, next. Yeah, just move on. Just and then that that copy, that writing was terrible. Yeah, and they, I don't need to know who plays who. That's uh, that's in the top part. Just tell me the story. Anyway, let's see here. Uh, missing link. <laughs> this might actually be interesting. Hugh Jackman, Zoe Saldana, Zach Galifianakis, Emma Thompson, Stephen Fry, Timothy Oliphant. Wow. I know. It's animated. It's a hell of a cast. Oh, okay. It's animated. Mr. Link, Zach Galifianakis, is the slightly silly, surprisingly smart, and soulful beast who is the living last or the last living remnant of man's primitive ancestry, <clears throat> the missing link. As species go, he couldn't be more endangered. He's the last of his kind, and he's lonely. Proposing a daring quest to find his rumored distant relatives, he enlists the help of Sir Lionel Frost, Hugh Jackman, the world's foremost investigator of myths and monsters, and Adelina Fortnite, Zoe Saldana, who possesses the only known map of the group's secret location in an odyssey around the world to find the fabled Valley of Shangri-La. It's got a lot of cool names. I'll watch it when it's out on video. Yeah, I'll probably watch it when it comes out to see if it's funny. It's got a lot of cool actors in it. I am surprised that this movie has not just been like shit all over by the religious right because it sounds oh, like it's yeah. you know, promoting evolution. Oh, so uh, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't understand how there hasn't been more like furor around this film. Wait for it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um and that is all we got. Show me what you got. Uh okay. John, the hell are you up to? All right. So the big thing was Friday night I caught Aquaman on Voodoo. So have you seen Aquaman already? I haven't. You have not. No. Oh, I have I have it but I haven't watched it. Very rarely do I get uh, you know uh, ahead of you on something like I this. I know. I was actually I, I've been <clears> waiting <throat> for someone to tell me I need to watch it because I've been worried because I like Jason Momoa, but the last few DC movies have been really bad. I mean, I thought it was really fun. I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was overall. I thought it was pretty good. Um, there were several aspects of it that I was like, this is ridiculous or, you know, completely unnecessary. I mean, um, you know, there's, there's at least one scene where there's an octopus playing drums, you know, <laughs> like, like in a band or some shit, you know, and like, come on, like, first of all, 
it's just over the top and stupid. Uh, second of all, you know, part of the film, uh, as you will come to see, it, one of the major storylines, uh, plot lines, if you will, uh, is that Aquaman can speak to the fishes and that he's, you know, that's unique to him, you know, that, that not all Atlanteans can do this or anything. It's just, you know, Aquaman can, can talk to these things, to these creatures. So, uh, if no one else has the ability to control these sea creatures, how did this octopus learn to play the drums? Because it wasn't in a in a situation where like Aquaman was telling him to do so. You o- know what I mean? Octopi are very intelligent. Huh? Oh right. So we just trained the octopus to play music in our marching band. Okay. Maybe. maybe. Yeah, see it's just stupid. <laughs> Uh, and not only that, there are literally like three, I think there might even be four scenes in the film where there are like characters standing there like having some type of conversation and like an explosion occurs you know from the side you know like an unexpected door explodes open you know what i mean and 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 that like exact scene is recreated like four different times during the film and i'm just i was it, it, by the last one i was like how many unexpected explosions can there possibly be you guys are like uh, oblivious to what's going it, on around you <laughs> right <laughs> Right. Every time you stop to have a conversation, the wall next to you explodes. Just stop it. Just stop. Yeah, stop talking. (laughs) So, but other than that, like, yes, there were a couple things that I thought were pretty ridiculous. But overall, I was very entertained by the film. I found it very enjoyable. I thought Jason Momoa was awesome. Um, You know, they made it just funny enough, you know, like they added in enough humor and things like that, that, uh, you know, it it wasn't too serious. And and I thought they did manage to make Aquaman, you know, who is kind of a lame superhero and uh, a bad ass so uh you know yeah i was overall uh, i was overall impressed so i would suggest watching it awesome uh, so that was the big thing. Other than that, not a whole lot going on. Uh, this week was opening day in Major League Baseball, which is always a big deal for me. So, you know, the Cardinals opened uh, the season in Milwaukee. I believe we lost on opening day. However, the, the next day, uh, game two, you know, Paul Goldschmidt uh, set the, uh, 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 made history by hitting three home runs in, in his second game ever for the Cardinals. And nobody's ever hit three home runs in their second game for a team ever. More yawn. So, yeah, baseball, baseball, baseball. Uh, and so opening day in Major League Baseball also, of course, means, you know, fantasy baseball for me. So, you know, we had our draft a couple of weeks ago and and now it's just, uh, you know, the next, what, I don't know, six months at least will just be straight, you know, fantasy baseball for me. And then the last thing, which I'm not sure if you uh, were aware or, you know, if you saw the episode yet, but Happy on Sci-Fi debuted season two this week. So uh, season two, episode one is available if uh, you're a a fan of Christopher Maloney's um, graphic novel uh, television series. Patton Oswalt as well. Uh, it is it is just as twisted and weird as it was in season one, and I mean it. it, it if possibly even more so. I mean it's just it's just so weird. It's such a weird weird television series, but I enjoy it. I I can't wait to see it. I've got it. I just haven't I haven't had time to watch it. I just uh, texted you. Go ahead just, and read that and place baseball in the name of football instead. Oh. What does it say? Uh, I texted Sean a picture that says uh, 
Fantasy football is just Dungeons and Dragons for people who suck at both fantasy and football. (laughs) Now, that makes me me think of something that a friend of mine posted in our fantasy baseball chat room uh, last night, though, because he posted a link to a very in-depth D20 system of playing baseball. Like as if you wanted to sit down at a table with your friends and play baseball, <laughs> but you wanted to play it like D&D style, you know? Wow. And it was – I mean, dude, I will have to send you the link. Like, Yeah, it definitely. Is, it is in-depth. It is some thorough, thorough mechanics. And I was like – I wrote him back and I was like, I think this just ruined baseball and <laughs> D&D for me. Like both. Like this is so complicated. So, uh, but yeah, that's what that makes me think of right there is, is cause like, but ever since then I've been fascinated with the idea of playing baseball via like a role playing game, you know, <laughs> like rolling D twenties for hits and home runs and shit. Only, only the geeks. I know it just sounds, it sounds like so much fun to me. <laughs> how, how can we avoid going outside and hitting things? I know. I didn't <laughs> Why would I want to go outside and play baseball when I can roll dice at my table? Yeah. Let's just open the windows to enjoy the nice weather and <laughs> right. roll some dice. Oh man, I I always tell people that whenever they're like, "Man, the weather's really nice outside. You gonna go outside and enjoy it?" And it's like, "Nah, I think I'll stay home and play video games with the windows open." Right. <laughs> All right. Um, for me, I have uh, I just got yesterday. As a matter of fact, it just came in the wireless adapter for the HTC Vive. So that makes it to where my Vive headset is now wireless um the only wire that's coming off of it is the wire that goes to the battery pack but that snaps on your belt loop so as far as wires to the computer or the umbilical as i called it uh, you know big long cable that goes from your headset to computer that's gone man gone i played it a little while um i am very impressed uh, it does have little things that I've noticed that I think are just me not having time to fiddle with the settings, uh, video quality, stuff like that. But honestly, in gameplay, I can't, I, I don't notice anything. It looks just like it's plugged into, uh, my computer. So it was a little pricey. 300 bucks is what it costs to get a wireless VR headset, apparently. But man, it's pretty damn nice. Now, I'll probably get brain cancer from the wireless thing sitting on top of my head, but <laughs> it'll be damn fun until it happens. <laughs> um, also, I've been rewatching Mr. Robot for some reason. I don't know why. I just, for some reason, the other night, I'm like, oh, yeah, Mr. Robot, start season <laughs> one, episode one. Why not? Uh, and I forgot how good that show is. It was good. We gave up on it. I, yeah. Like, yeah, we stopped, we stopped watching it. I mean, I, I enjoyed the, f- I think we watched the first two seasons. I'm not sure. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we stopped watching it after like maybe the last season. I, it, it, it was really good, but it was just really, really deep and I don't know, depressing and I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. It, there's something about it that just beats you down while you're watching right right but it is really good so i i started rewatching that we'll see what happens there and uh as far as new games go i'm a little late to the party but i did just buy hitman 2 uh on steam uh it's just like sean and i always say with the movie synopses 
Uh, you remember Hitman? Yeah, it's more of that shit. Uh, and it is better for it. It is, I mean, it's it's a Hitman game. It's so good. I have always just adored the Hitman games because they are just, the replay value is unbelievable. I mean, I go back and I play Hitman games from, you know, like the original Hitman game. Um, you know, Hitman Absolution, Hitman Blood Money. These are two of my, these are a few of my favorite things. Uh, <laughs> but Hitman 2, uh, if you're a Hitman fan, uh, fan, you know, you like the franchise or you like open world assassination games, Hitman 2 is the tits, man. It is just awesome. So, uh, that's all we got for this episode. I'm not even going to ask Sean to do anything because frankly, I, I haven't come up with anything clever for him to do for quite a few episodes. So if I come up with something, I'll, I'll say it. If not, then, you know, just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'll do. Peace out, I guess.